Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. This is All Saints Day and All Saints Sunday, so uh, just uh, we want to think about that. Um, it's not some saints day, it's All Saints Day. So it includes a lot of people, including living people, including those who have already died and gone to be with Jesus. And I'm thinking about this, the first lesson that we heard read from the book of Revelation chapter 7 with majestic, majestic and poetic words of the vision of John, of the ultimate destiny of those who love and serve Christ. Verse 9 and 10, for example, said, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, tribe, and people, and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. Now, we didn't put up the palm branches to fit with that, but it fits with that today for our service, the first one. They're there for the confirmation service. Um, holding palm branch, sign of victory, celebration, and they were shouting, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And later we have these words, they will never again be hungry or thirsty Never be scorched by the heat of the sun, for the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And they are beautiful words. But let's remember that when John had this vision, was shown this vision, he and other Christians at the time knew all about the tough realities of life and in following Jesus. The section of Revelation in which our text falls, especially the preceding chapter, chapter 6, sets out a series of word pictures of frightening and terrible events. And the first hearers of, Re of John's revelation came to see those uh, word pictures showing terrible events as, uh, as things that were occurring or are soon to occur in their time. And we today might see some connection or parallel to things occurring in our time too. So these are some of the things uh, that John saw in, in, in vision. He saw... Uh, and he wrote it down as pictures. He saw false prophets, war, famine, sickness, persecution, natural catastrophes, something terrible happening, something deadly at work, and it looks like there's no hope. So at the end of chapter 6 of Revelation, there comes... This, uh, the, these words. That terrible day has come. God and the Lamb will show their anger and who can face it? And the question comes, the last verse in chapter 6. 
who is able to stand. It's so terrible, the things that are happening. Sometimes we might say that. I can't take it anymore. I just can't stand it. Faith in Jesus is not just for the bright moments when everything is going well. It's also for the tough times when everything threatens to collapse. And chapter 6 of Revelation, John, of John's Revelation, shows us that collapse. Evil, so strong. And in the face of the really rotten stuff in life, it's often very hard to see just the rotten stuff. Just when we can't stand it any, anymore and cry out to the Lord, how long? God assures us that there's more happening than what we can see. There's more happening than the really rotten stuff. And that's what happens to John on the island of Patmos because John knew how really bad things could be and how bad they could get. But God shows John that there is something beyond the present sufferings of him because he was uh, uh, suffering uh, there on the island of Patmos. Um, God shows him that there's something more in this visionary experience in which he saw what was ultimately true. Jesus at the very center of heaven. And John sees him as the lamb that was slain at the very center with God on the throne. And nothing, not even all those rotten things that John saw pictures of happening and soon to happen, the false prophets, the war, the famine, the sickness, the catastrophes, natural disaster, persecution... Evil is strong, yes, but never does it have the strength to take away the ones clinging to Christ out of God's hands. Nothing could take the ones out of God's hands who are trusting in Christ. No one trusting in Christ is ever lost, ever. John sees Jesus as the Lamb. That's another picture he sees Jesus is the lamb that was slain for our rescue and healing. And in the use of that word lamb, there is always the picture of the crucified. It's a kind of picture that gets to the core of things because the picture of a lamb is, of course, a picture of a weak animal, something that's not strong. It's not a lion or a tiger or a bear or a... Muruk, Peter. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the footy teams. I've, I've mentioned this before, I think. All the footy teams with those strong names. Huh? The Mendy Muruks. We have that, that's cassowary. A cassowary, strong bird, huh? Footy team named after it. Every footy team is a strong team name. And uh, the NRL wanted for a time to start off a team in um, Adelaide. And does anyone remember that? A long time ago. It never lasted. And they were called the Adelaide Rams. The Adelaide Rams. Not the Adelaide Lambs. The Lambs are weak. No one's going to be calling their football team that. 
So it's a picture of weakness. But John says, yes, God does care and he's placed the Lamb, that is the crucified Christ at the center of all things, at the very throne of God. You see that picture of the very weak Lamb is also a picture of, uh, it's got the marks of being killed on it. It's a slain Lamb. So it's not just a weak animal, it's a dead one. One that's been killed anyway, it's got the signs of that. No one has ever seen God, but Jesus makes him known to us. And that's the key, the reality. If you want to know God, if you want to see God, if you want to know that he cares, look to Christ. And that's what we see. So, for example, another picture that's a bit strange is that they're all wearing white robes with Christ at the center. And how did their white robes get white? John, in the Revelation, he says it, if you go back and read the text, they were washed in the blood of the Lamb. Well, if you think it through, it doesn't make sense, does it? Because they can't get white. You can't get clothes white by washing them in blood. They're not going to get white. So it's a picture there's something quite different happening to how we think. John is using a picture to tell us that here is a purity, a righteousness that is given. It's a gift from Christ. Nothing they've done, not their faithfulness, not their strong display of faith, not anything they've done, nothing, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross of Christ I cling. It's a gift from Jesus. John sees this great crowd of people celebrating Jesus and what Jesus has done for them. And I really like it because they have people from every nation, from all the different ethnic groups, cultural groups and language groups. And in our parish this year, we remember George Nopke, Dennis Bliesner and Hans Lang. Picture them with that multitude around the throne of Jesus. And there they stand together, together with Abraham and Sarah, with Moses, with Ruth, with Mary Magdalene, Simon of Cyrene, Stephen, Tabitha, Martha, Thomas, woman from Samaria, Paul, Lydia, Timothy. Maybe you could see Katie Luther, Martin Luther, Johann and Louise Floor. And maybe you can remember some of your relatives by name too, standing there. They shall never again hunger or thirst. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching. And they will be led to springs of living water and God will wipe away all their tears. That's a significant word to hear if everything seems to be collapsing all around us. But here in this great crowd, there is nothing collapsing. God's people, no matter what they suffered, what they went through, there they are before Jesus, the Lamb at the throne of God. And the Lamb at the center of the throne, it says, will be their shepherd. Another curious thing to say. A shepherd is a shepherd, not a sheep is a shepherd. But here it says, the lamb will be their shepherd. 
who ever heard of a lamb leading a flock of sheep? So what is meant that the lamb is the shepherd? It is, of course, the truth about Jesus. He who was made weak and finally slain, yet this very one knows his own, calls them by name and will allow no snatching out of his hands. Yes, this very one knows his own, calls them by name. One who is no king will be the only king. One who is no shepherd is the good shepherd of all people. And in his knowing us, his being in the midst of our agony, knowing in it, sharing in it, we are placed into God's hands and we are safe no matter what. But how shall we know that? Hear the shepherd's voice calling you by name, knowing you and knowing your need. Here is the beginning of the wiping away of all tears and the flowing of the spring of life-giving waters. By the grace of him who is both lamb and shepherd, we look forward to that day when we too shall join George, Dennis and Hans in that great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in our hands and crying out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We look forward to that great day when sorrow and sighing is and crying or, and pain are no more. No more mourning, no more pain. All these things have passed away. All this through Christ Jesus. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.